Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What's up, everybody? This is Jared Bailey from Laces Out. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First off, it's free. You don't got to pay anything to use Anchor. And there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome to Laces Out, fresh off the start of week four, the start of October. Leaves are falling. Pumpkin is in the air. Pumpkin spice latte next to me. And Kurt Homister staring at me on my phone screen. What's up, buddy? How are you? I am doing just fine, my friend. Spooky season is upon us. Football season is, you know, just flying high. We're feeling good. Uh, little hiccup that came out this week in the NFL, but we'll get into that in a little bit. Yeah. But, you know, we had we had a football game last night. Not the best football game, but we had a football game last night. I think it was a lot better than what everyone expected, but it was a lot more high scoring. That. It was a lot more high scoring. That, okay. Still ugly. Yeah, incredibly ugly. Um, I don't even know where we want to start. I guess we can start off with the Jets because it's – it's easy to pick out all the things that they did wrong last night. Um, yeah, it is. Well, first off, we get the incredible run from Sam Darnold uh, <laughs> to really kick off the night, which I think he, he's starting to realize, okay, you know, if no one's going to help me, I'll do it myself. And um, last night was maybe the biggest and best example of that. And we've said multiple times on this show, the Jets have a lot of problems. Sam Darnold isn't one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but elsewhere, um, look, he hurt his AC – or not his AC. I think it was just a sprained shoulder. I say just a sprained shoulder like it's nothing. But right. he goes back in, and then today it was confirmed that he did sprain his shoulder. And then that excuse of a head coach they call Adam Gase in New York saying that they'll see what they decide to do next week with him. Uh, it'll be a day-to-day basis type thing. But – um the defense is where we should maybe really start because I think more and more we're starting to see why Greg Williams maybe shouldn't be allowed to coach anymore. Maybe you say it's an absolute. Yeah. It's an absolute. If 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 you didn't see, if you didn't, you know, if you weren't watching the game or whatever, uh, Vic Fangio, the uh, Denver coach, was as soon as the clock hit zero, running right off the field, told his players, come with them, do not shake their hand, do not even look at them, just follow me to the locker room, because he wanted no part with that Jets team, because there were some dirty plays in there, there were some dirty hits, there were some late hits, you know, and that's not, that's not the first time we've seen it, I've seen it myself watching a Bills-Jets game, you know, um, Henry Anderson, to be exact, took a cheap shot on Steven Hauschka, that, which I would say kind of you know, that, that was the turning point in Steven Hauschka's career. Ever since then, he wasn't right. Uh, he had a cheap shot against Josh Allen in the head. And, you know, it's, it's not the first time we've seen it with these Jets. And it's definitely not the first time we've seen this with Greg Williams, anybody who doesn't know. Uh, he was a defensive coordinator in 2009 with the New Orleans Saints, who were infamous for the Bounty Gate scandal, uh, telling uh, his defense to go for the head of players, try to injure players give them some sort of uh, incentive to injure players. And look, that hasn't changed last night. They had six unnecessary roughness penalties. I think six roughing the passer penalties. The the Broncos get the ball up nine with less than a minute left. They take a knee. The Jets call timeout. (laughs) And then the next play, Brett Rippon gets lit up by Steve McClendon. Yep. A helmet to helmet hit. 
but I, I don't blame Vic Fangio at all. No. I would have done the same thing. Absolutely. The, the Jets are a poor excuse of a franchise. Their coaches are a poor excuse for a coaching staff, and they're going about everything they, they do in a dirty way. And uh, it, this is kind of a fun topic. I, I was going to tweet it out last night, but, you know, the little voice in the back of my head said not to. I don't know why, but are the New York Jets the worst team in all the four major sports right now? New York Jets, the, the franchise itself, organization, front office, are they the worst run, worst team in four of the major sports right now? Who's worse? It's a, it's a toss. I think the Knicks are in the conversation. In the okay. NBA. Yeah. They're, because their ownership is horrible with right. Dolan. Um, I well, think that, that. I mean, wait, I mean, I, are the Buffalo are the Buffalo Sabers worse than the Jets? Mm, no, they are not because I'm a biased Bills fan, biased Buffalo Sabers <laughs> fan. But I don't don't get me started with the Sabers because this is an NFL podcast. But I right. really, I really do think that the New York Jets are the worst, if not maybe second to last, in worst run franchises in all of the four major sports because. You know, this head coach, Adam Gase, comes in with not even a great record. You know, he comes in from being the Miami Dolphins coach. He was – he had some bad seasons with Miami. They bring him in. He doesn't change anything. He he plays exactly the same that he used to with Miami. Nothing changes. I hope this guy stays around for hundreds of years because I love this guy as the New York Jets head coach because the Bills get to face him twice a year. Yeah, no, I'm sure that you love every second of what you're seeing from this New York Jets team. And – Sam Darnold, like we said before, he can't do it all himself. Jameson Crowder had a really good night last night. But mm-hmm. outside of that on offense, what's he have? Uh, Le'Veon Bell's gone. They're starting Frank Gore and giving him the majority of the carries for some ungodly mm-hmm. reason. Makai Becton is dealing with a shoulder injury. They still let him decide to play. He pulls himself out of the game because he's hurt. Sam sprains his shoulder. He goes back into the game when I thought that he might have had a – Troy Aikman said the same thing. He thought that he broke his collarbone. Yeah. I mean, it was a vicious he, – he got ragdolled to the ground. Yeah. So – and then defensively, I mean, they're just a dumpster fire. I mean, everywhere, they're just horrendous. Chris Herndon's been a complete non-factor this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, he really has no help on offense. And I tweeted it last night. If I'm Sam Donald, and Sam Donald doesn't seem like the type of person to do this, but if I was him, as soon as the clock hit triple zero last night, I'm telling the Jets I'm not playing another down for this team. Trade me. Whew. I mean, but, I mean, you, do you think that kind of ruins the guy's career? I mean, he's Absolutely only- not. No. Okay, there's nothing wrong with a guy who knows that he's better than the franchise he's a part of, doesn't get any help from the front office or coach and saying, this isn't good for my career. I'm getting hit way too much. I've got no help. We're not winning. You're not helping me win. Obviously, you don't give a damn about winning. So send me somewhere that does. I don't care if I got to sit for a year. I think, and you look around the league, I think there's, there's probably half the teams in the NFL who would take Sam Darnold, either play him right away mm-hmm. or – they would let him sit for a year and he would be the starter next season. Yeah. And you know how I've been riding this train any, recently. Any big player that comes to market, I know I can just look at your Twitter and he'll end up there. My Pittsburgh Steelers, man. <laughs> and somebody actually, I didn't do this edit. Somebody did an edit and I, saw I that. yeah. And it was a flawless edit. He looks great in a Steeler uniform. <laughs> Why not? You know, what could it, it hurt? It's, the only reason I bring that up is because, you know, this guy's still so young. He's, he's raw in the NFL, and it's – I feel like he doesn't have – what's the word I'm looking for? Like, not the notoriety, but, you know, the respect, I guess, to say, you know, I want out. I'm Hasn't still, been – the seniority maybe? Yeah, like, yeah. Like, you know, you know, usually guys that, that demand a trade, they're, they've been around the league for, you know, seven years, seven, eight years, and they're like – okay, this is, this is enough time. I've had enough. But this guy seems like he was just drafted, like, last year. It, it wasn't yeah. like, what, what is this, year four? Yeah, year he four. He would have been – he was drafted in 2018. Yeah, same, same one as uh, Josh Allen. So, it's – I mean, it's – he's not the problem. He really isn't. It's Adam no. Gates. It's the front office not giving him any help throughout his whole career. But I do feel bad for the guy because I think he's – I think he's a good quarterback. We haven't seen enough, I want to say, because, you know, he hasn't had the help around him. So I can't yeah. make a full judgment on, you know, if he goes to the Pittsburgh Steelers, if he would be a great franchise quarterback or not. Here's the th- Okay, so this wouldn't be the first time we've seen a young quarterback do this. Remember, before Eli was drafted, they made it very clear, Eli does not want to play for the Chargers. And That's the Chargers right. still yeah. picked him. Yeah. They said, yeah, you, 
you might as well just deal us because we're not playing here. And obviously, Philip Rivers gets dealt for Eli Manning and the rest mm-hmm. is history. Josh Rosen did the same thing when he came out. He said he didn't want to play for, I believe it was the Jets he didn't want to play for. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Josh Rosen's career has been derailed by things completely out of his control, and I feel for Josh Rosen. But he, he did the same thing. If I'm Trevor Lawrence right now, and I saw Mike Greenberg say this today, if the Jets end up with that number one overall pick, mm. Trevor Lawrence needs to do one of two things. He needs to say, no way in hell am I ever playing a down in a Jet uniform, or he can come back to Clemson for a year. Mm. I don't think he does the latter. I think okay. that you – know, I, I think, you know, I think he's coming into the league no matter what. But, yeah, I mean, if you're the Jets, you just traded up a boatload of picks to draft Sam Darnold. And you get, let's say they get the number one overall pick. We're, we're looking way too far in the future. It's only week four. We right. got a lot of football to talk, but this is kind of fun. If, if you're the Jets and you have Sam Darnold on your roster, if I were them, if I were them and, and I talked to Sam Darnold and I said, hey, man, we really want to help you. We want you to stay. We want to build this franchise around you. If I'm them, if I get the number one overall pick, I am asking for the house for a team to trade up. And oh, yeah. Build up those picks. You don't need Trevor Lawrence. You have Sam Darnold. He could be a very capable quarterback. Just get him help. Exactly. And that's what a competent organization would do. But as we've right. seen before, the Jets aren't that. Exactly. So here's the th- that would be a very good idea. You could sell the pick for a King's Ransom, mm-hmm. whether it be to Carolina, whether it be to Jacksonville maybe, whether it be to a team like the Bears, who I think I don't care that they're 3-0 and right now. They're going to fall off a cliff. They're the weakest 3-0 and team maybe we've ever seen. Um but you look around the rest of the league, I mean, there's going to be teams that need quarterbacks. Yeah. The Jets shouldn't be one of them. But we've seen stranger things. Hell, even Washington maybe, depending on how Dwayne Haskins plays the rest of the year, because so far he hasn't looked very impressive. Mm-hmm. So there are a number of teams that they could sell that number one pick for a, a lot of return on investment. So, Well, um, we, have, uh, we have a long, long time until the draft, but we have a lot of football to break down because we got week we four do. coming up here. And uh, just from, you know, now I'm kind of getting into sports betting now that you've helped me out a lot here. But uh, Yeah, you're welcome for that. There's tough games here. There's a lot of tough games to, you know, pick a winner in, even just as plain as that. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know. I, I think this week is going to be a, probably maybe one of the best weeks of football we've seen so far this year. The game that I'm most looking forward to watching, Jacksonville-Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. I cannot wait for Sunday at 1 o'clock Eastern to come around because well, – you, you got a nice little break from your Steelers. <laughs> they got an early bye. We'll get into that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, eventually we're going to see Joe Burrow get a win. If he's going to get his first one, it's, it's got to be this week, right? got to be at home. They're at home. Jacksonville looked bad last week. Their defense really got exploited. Cincinnati's passing game's nice. Yeah, very. We saw T. Higgins had a great week last week, two touchdowns against Philadelphia in the tie. Um, Drew Samples kind of come in as his own as a solid go-to tight end. A.J. Green and Tyler Boyd, obviously. I mean, they've got a lot of weapons Mm -hmm. on that offense. Joe Mixon out of the backfield. Jacksonville hasn't really been able to seem to stop anything in terms of the pass or the run. I think Cincinnati, they came into this as a three-point favorite. As soon as I saw that, I bet that. Yeah. And I expect that to cover. I think they're going to win this running away. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they put up 30, 35 points on this Jacksonville defense. I hope so. I, I really do because I, I want to see Joe Burrow get his first win so that he can, you know, build off of that. This is kind of a – I mean, their Cincinnati's still in a, an in-between years. They, they still are a few years away from being a contender. Um, but this is these are the games where you build. These are the games where you – can really kind of prove yourself as, hey, I was the number one overall draft pick. This is why you drafted me to beat teams like this. Even when my team isn't great, mm-hmm. I can make do with with some, you know, decent players. Some, they got some talent on that offense. But I think this game is going to come down to defense both sides. We've seen what both offenses can do. But like you said, Jacksonville kind of got exploited on defense. Cincinnati's just looked iffy all year long on defense that's that's the reason I think they're losing their games because Joe Burrow is doing just fine on offense yeah and the fact that Joe Burrow also doesn't have an offensive line to protect him this is going to be the battle of bad versus bad but it's going to be a lot of fun to watch and I'm Mm -hmm. very excited for it um there's another game on the radar uh two beaten teams who haven't had a win yet 0-3 Minnesota traveling to 0-3 Houston Mm -hmm. this is one where I really don't know where to lead I stayed away from it I didn't touch it as did I so, I'm honestly, I'm leaning toward Minnesota. 
I Are think you? that okay. I am. I love Deshaun Watson. Explain. I think I love Deshaun Watson. He's a top, I would say probably top seven quarterback in the league. Mm-hmm. And Kirk Cousins hasn't looked good. But last week against Tennessee, I picked them to bounce back and win that game. And if not for a, a medley of stupid things that have happened <laughs> in that game, they, they probably would have. And they blew, I think it was a 12-point fourth quarter lead to lose the game. So, you look at Houston's defense, though. Their secondary, C-plus at best. Their front seven is J.J. Watt and a bunch <laughs> of guys. Yep. Off- I-, I like Minnesota's offense more than I like Houston's, even though I like Deshaun Watson a lot more than I like Kirk Cousins right now. But Dalvin Cook, I think he's going to be able to run wild on the Texans' defense. I think that's going to open up things for Adam Thielen. Justin Jefferson had a really good game last week. Uh, I'm leaning Minnesota for that reason. I love Deshaun Watson. He has no help. And um, they look solid for the first 15 minutes last week against Pittsburgh until the Steelers seem to wake up. <laughs> but I, I just don't see – I just don't see how, you know, Houston's going to be uh, – I don't think they're going to be a contender whatsoever for a playoff run. I think they're going to be – right now they look like a maximum six-win team. And I wow. think that Minnesota, Minnesota's been closer this year. So I'm going to lean Minnesota. I'm still staying away from it in terms of betting. What, where do you lean on this? I was, you know, we, you make fun of me all the time because coming into this year, <laughs> I was so high on the Vikings. But yeah. um, th- this game is really a toss-up. I think this might be the closest game of the whole week. Uh, this game is, you know, two, two teams that aren't great, but two teams that have a lot of talent on both sides, two teams that – you know, have have very capable quarterbacks. You know, Kirk Cousins is Kirk Cousins, but Deshaun Deshaun Watson can have a game where you know I think he's due for one of those games. I think he's due to you know just go just off, light it up, go off, prove that he doesn't need DeAndre Hopkins, even though I'm sure he wishes he had him. But um, I think Bill O'Brien is really really clawing at at anything right now because he needs to prove that he did a good job this offseason, even though he didn't but mm-hmm. he's he's trying to make his case that he did I think Houston wins this game but I don't know I think it's going to be really close I like the Vikings defense um and I like you know Houston's offense a little bit but I just I think Deshaun Watson's due for one of the, one of those games where he kind of steps up and says hey don't forget about me yeah saying that Deshaun Watson doesn't need DeAndre Hopkins is like saying that you don't need to fly to get to England sure I could swim but it'd be <laughs> a hell of a lot faster if I could fly there <laughs> That's a so, great analogy for that one. I haven't heard that yeah, one. Yeah, I, I try. So, <laughs> now, yeah, I think that we could even get somewhat of like a Matthew Stafford-Brady Quinn shootout in this game. Yeah. From, I th- that's what I'm hoping for, at least. I would love to see, you know, a 41-39 game. I think that's <laughs> – and these two secondaries are horrible enough for it to happen. I mean, both of them, I think – has Houston allowed a 40 yet? I think they allowed 30-some to the Ravens, and they, it was 30-some to the Chiefs as well. They haven't allowed 40 yet. Minnesota has allowed yeah. 40 in week one. Yeah. So, I think we could definitely see both quarterbacks kind of come to life. Like I said, Minnesota's weapons are definitely better than Houston's. Mm-hmm. Um, Houston might have a little bit more depth because, you know, they've got Randall Cobb, they've got Brandon Cooks, who I believe is playing this week. Yeah. Um, Kenny Stills. Um, Will Fuller. Will Fuller. I, actually, I think he is out. He does is have he? a hamstring problem. Okay. Yeah, well, saw, he's, yeah. He's always out. He's always – Exactly, yeah. Hard to let's, keep up with him. Let's insert our pretend shocked faces that Will Fuller's hurt. <laughs> Uh, Darren Fell's a tight end, though, for him. Um, so they've got a lot of, you know, B minus, C plus guys. But when you put all of them together and you have six of them, I mean, that's a hell of a lot better than, you know, an A guy, you know, a B minus guy, and then a bunch of, you know, C plus, C minus guys. So, yeah. so we'll see what happens there. It'll be a fun game to watch. One game that I definitely see getting out of hand is Dallas Cleveland. Uh, you and I talked about this already before the show uh, earlier this week. I like Dallas a lot in this game. I really do. Yeah, I th- you convinced me, I think, to like Dallas. Um, the only thing that's that's kind of iffy for me is, you know, their defense. Their defense look bad. Their offense can put up 40 points, no doubt. Their offense could absolutely drop 40 points on Cleveland defense because Cleveland defense is bad too. But their Dallas Cowboys defense just can't keep up, you know. they're And that's, that's the thing, though. Dallas can put up 40 points. Can Cleveland? I don't think they can. Fair. No, that's I really point. don't. That's a good point. And, and that's not to throw shade at anybody in Cleveland, but when's the last time we've seen them just go off on the scoreboard? I think it mm-hmm. might be last year against Baltimore and that that just complete outlier <laughs> of a game in Baltimore where they just went off. Yeah. Since then, I mean, 
even this season, I mean, we look at the week one monstrosity that was their game against Baltimore. Sure, they put up 35 against the Bengals. I was hoping that they could do that with all that talent that they have on offense. So it's, it's easy to beat up on bad teams that you should beat. They only beat Cincinnati by five, and I think a lot of that had to do with the fact that Joe Burrow is just that good right now. Yeah. Even with the three interceptions last week, you know, Baker Mayfield didn't throw for 170 yards against Washington. So uh, I just don't see it with Cleveland. If, if they go out this week and they beat Dallas, I will start believing the Browns. If it's even close with Dallas, you know, if they lose on a last-second field goal or something like that, um, if they don't blow a late lead, if it's competitive throughout, then I'll start believing more in Cleveland. But, you know, they've beaten two bad teams and got humiliated by a good team. We'll see what they do against what, – what can we call Dallas? An eh team? Kind of an okay yeah, team I mean, right now? Both these teams are kind of I'm, – I'm stuck on them. I, I need to see a few more games to get a better read on them. Um, but, no, I mean, like you said, I trust Dallas's defense – or Dallas's offense more than I trust Cleveland's offense. Um, I know how you feel about Dak Prescott, but he's, he's having a great year this year. He really is. He's putting up the numbers, but let me ask you this. The, oh, I guess like, let me tell you this, I guess. <laughs> There's a large difference between what Patrick Mahomes does throwing 400 yards a game and what Dak Prescott does. Yeah. Patrick Mahomes throws 400 yards and puts them ahead. Dak Prescott throws for 400 yards because they're behind, and he has to. Okay, so, but, but why are they behind? Because their defense is so bad. I feel uh-huh. okay. The game, no, no, no. The game against Atlanta, they fumbled three times in three straight possessions, and I think two of them were Dak Prescott. So yeah. okay, okay, fair, fair. So, <laughs> and it's not to say that Dallas is horrible. It's not to say that Dak Prescott's horrible, but I, I think that you know people trying to convince themselves that he's a forty million dollar quarterback because he's throwing for so many yards. You got to look at the reasons why he's throwing for so many yards because he has to throw them back into games because they're always losing. And so, they do have a lot of talent on that offense too. Yeah. They have a lot of good players on that offense, but. Um, I guess this is a good segue into our, uh, our, our segment here. If you want to fire it up for us. Yeah, let's do this. So let's play a little game of the panic meter. Uh, we'll give each other a few teams and uh, see how much each team should panic on a scale of 1 to 10. So, Kurt, I will let you start off. Give me a team, and I will tell you how much they should panic. Okay. I was saying this is a good segue because uh, the Cleveland Browns are my first team on this list. Uh, they are 2-1. and one. But the two teams that they beat, it's nothing too special. Um, you know, we've been calling for the Browns to really get it going since last year. Haven't seen it. Uh, should the Cleveland Browns and the Browns fans be worried here? Should they, should they start worrying and that they haven't turned it on yet? Uh, on a scale of 1 to 10, I will put them at a 6. Simply because the week one performance was abysmal. Mm-hmm. They didn't look good in any facet of the game. Even against... Uh, the Bengals, the passing game and the run game was in sync perfectly, but they're against one of the worst defenses in football. So I think that was more so of almost a preseason type thing where they're testing it out to see how well that they can mix in the run game and set up the play action, which it worked Mm -hmm. to perfection because Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt both went off in that game. Uh, And then against Washington, it was the defense that really showed up. But at the same time, there's a Washington team who's still really kind of looking for an identity. They don't have a lot of offensive weapons. Their front seven on defense is very good, but in the secondary, it's a big question mark for them. So, like I said, this weekend against Dallas will be a big determining factor on how much they should worry. But right now, I would say it's around a six, simply because whenever we see them face good teams, it never seems to go well. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. What's the first team you got for me? We might as well stick with this conversation. How about those Dallas Cowboys? On a scale of 1 to 10, how panicked should they be? Hmm. Dallas is – are we – wait, hang on. Clarification here. Are we doing 1 is not nervous at all, 10 is hit the panic button, let's go? Yes. 10 is like, oh, my God, what's happening? All right, just a little clarification there. Um, I'm going to put Dallas – I'm putting them at a 3, and I'll tell you why. I will tell you why their division is the exact reason why um the nfc east is probably the worst division in all of football eagles look bad this year cowboys look bad ish washington looks bad i just i don't see anybody else but dallas winning this division before the season started i thought it was the eagles but eagles have so many injuries they've looked so bad I just I think Dallas has this division. You know, they 
I don't. I haven't looked at their schedule, honestly. Uh, I'm going to do that as I talk here. But there, you you keep making your case, and I will pull up the, the Dallas Cowboys schedule. Okay, because you know we, we we just talked about it. You know their defense is bad, but their offense can score 40 points. That's got to even out at some point. That defense has got to figure it out. I I think Mike McCarthy's a good coach. Um, you know, I think that he's got something to prove this year. I think he's going to come in and, you know, he's, he's going to prove himself. But like I said, that, that division is just so weak that I think Dallas can win this division with nine wins and they might be able to win it by a game. You know, I think second place team might finish eight and eight, seven and nine. So um, the only reason I'm saying don't panic on the Dallas Cowboys is strictly because of that division. I don't think that, you know, when they make the playoffs, I don't think they'll really make much noise at all. But, you know, they, I think they're fun to watch. You know, they, they'll, they'll put up 40 points. What's well, not fun to watch about that unless, you know, you hate the Cowboys or something. Dallas Cowboys schedule next seven games. Uh, they have a three-game homestand starting this week against Cleveland, then the Giants, then a big one in Arizona against Arizona Monday Night Football in Dallas. That'll be a fun game to watch. Then a two-game road trip. They go to Washington, then to Philadelphia on Sunday Night Football. And then next week they are back home against the Steelers before going on the road to Minnesota. So Okay, so not not the hardest schedule. No. Um, but like I said, I mean I mean the reason I didn't include the Giants originally is cuz does anybody think the Giants are going to win that division? I think No, exactly. They're, I think if anything, you know, going into the season, you have the Giants at the bottom and then maybe you you keep Washington in the talk for for winning that division. It's, it's Yeah, the Washington football team is currently leading this division as we speak. So <laughs> they sure are. They week. sure are. But um so yeah, don't panic too much on the Dallas Cowboys, but talk to me again in maybe 5 weeks and we'll see where we're at. Um but we'll we'll stick in that same division here, pal. Uh I'll give you the Philadelphia Eagles. I gave you my little spiel on them, but I know you love Carson Wentz. I know you picked the Eagles to finish number 1 in the NFC. Not going to let you finish uh forget that. Well, what are you thinking about the Eagles? Where should they panic yet? They're 0-3. Oh, no, 0-2-1. 0-2-1. Sorry, sorry. Um, the Philadelphia Eagles panic meter should be around a 7. It's not at a 10 quite yet. And I'm going to give the same reason that you gave because that division is god-awful. <laughs> and so if we pull up their scout, okay, you know what? I'm going to make a bold prediction right now. And I've already tweeted it out. I've already said it. They're going to beat the 49ers this weekend. Yep, okay. The, I, the, I like that just because – you know, they have Nick Mullins in at quarterback, and he's bound to make some serious mistakes at some point. Exactly. So if we look at their schedule coming up, they've got the 49ers on Sunday night football this week. I think they win that. At Pittsburgh, that's going to be interesting because you, I've said this before in this show, and as a Steelers fan, the Steelers mm -hmm. will always find a game early on in the season. Now, this is going to be later than what they usually do. It's usually within the first three to four weeks that they mess something up. I think this is where Philadelphia can start maybe going on a little bit of a roll because I wouldn't be surprised if they win these next two games against San Francisco and Pittsburgh, both of which are on wow. the road, by the way. Wow. So, and then after that, they've got Baltimore. We'll see how the Ravens bounce back this week and how they look. And then they've got the Giants. So they could very easily win three of their next four games. That would move them to 3-3-1 three, three and one going into Sunday Night Football against the Dallas Cowboys November 1st. Hmm. If they're sitting at 3-3-1, three, three and one, that's a good place for them to be yeah. after this horrid start. There so, really is. I know that I'm the biggest Carson Wentz defender maybe on the planet besides Dan Orlovsky. <laughs> um, he hasn't looked good, and I know that. And we can say, you know, okay, he's dealt with injuries. There's no weapons there, and I get that. He's made horrible decisions, three touchdowns, six interceptions on the year. These weren't decisions that he was making last year down the stretch when he was playing with basically this same roster because of injuries and – uh, different you know factors playing in and he went 4-0 down the stretch 27 touchdowns seven interceptions three straight years he's only thrown seven interceptions already he's thrown six this year so he's got to play better I get that I think that this is going to be a solid start on Sunday night they can finally kind of get the ball rolling on everything I'm not bailing on Carson once yet I acknowledge he's played very badly I'm not giving up on Philadelphia yet I'm still going to pick him to win the division I'm still I picked it you know before the season started I feel, like I said, they can win three of these next four. And if they go into Dallas, this is a home game against Dallas. Mm -hmm. If they can go into Sunday night football against Dallas, win that game, they're 4-3-1, and one, hypothetically. Then they play the Giants again, second time in three weeks at MetLife. They could very easily be 5-3-1. I, would, I wouldn't say easily, but they, they very well could. There's a, 
there's <laughs> there's a solid chance that they could be five three and one yeah. come their November twenty second game in Cleveland, which is also a winnable game. Mm-hmm. So the okay. rest of now after that it gets it gets horrid. <laughs> they go home for Seattle at Green Bay, New Orleans at Arizona at Dallas five straight. Ouch. Games. Yeah. Jeez. So. So they better hope that they're sitting with at least five wins going into that because there's no way that they're winning more than three of those games maximum. No. And then they close off the year January 3rd against Washington. So they could still muster eight, maybe nine wins on the year. Okay. And in this division, that might be good enough for another division title like last year. I'm not giving up on the Eagles yet. I still think there are seven, which is, okay, we should probably start worrying a solid bit. Yeah. But the fact that they're scheduled in the next few weeks, it gets a little bit better. I'm not completely panicking yet, but they need to win this Sunday. Okay. You might be one of the few that's not panicking yet on the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm panicking. I'm just not freaking <laughs> out. You know, okay. A solid seven is like, okay, something needs to happen now. All, so right. All right. We'll see what, what happens. What you got for me? Next team for you is the Houston Texans. How much should they be panicking? Houston Texans, I think it's panic time. Um, not not a ten, not a nine, not an eight. Mm, mm. Can I do six and a half? Can I do six well, and a half? Yeah, that's fine. Six and a half is fine. <laughs> because I was just talking them up. I was just hyping them up again for this week against the Vikings. And I really do I think that Deshaun Watson is gonna do everything in his power to win games for Houston. He's not gonna be the type of quarterback that's, you know, gonna be the diva that, you know, the team's 0-3, the season's over, blah, blah, blah. Houston's always that annoying sneaky team that just wins games that shouldn't and then mm. you know they come back and victories in the playoffs and break a bunch of hearts for for Bills fans everywhere <laughs> um, but no like I like I was saying earlier I think you know Bill O'Brien's going to be doing everything that he can to prove what he did this offseason was the right move air quotes right move because like I said it wasn't but um they have, you know, an easier schedule coming up here. They had a pretty brutal start to the year, Chiefs, Ravens, yeah. Steelers. Not many teams are going to go 3-0 and in that stretch. So, next week – or this this Sunday they got the Vikings, then they got the Jaguars, they got the Titans, uh, then they go to Packers, and then they got the Jags and the Browns. So, you know, those are some very winnable games. I wouldn't panic yet, but if they start dropping those games where they should win convincingly – uh, that's when that six and a half goes up to a nine and a half. That's a fair uh, – let me pull up their schedule as well because, I mean, like we said earlier, their defense, they are J.J. Watt and Deshaun Watson, maybe Whitney Merciless, and everything else is eh. Right. You know what yeah. I mean? So, like, yeah. I think that if they want to try to salvage their season, they got to win this week because whoever loses between uh, Minnesota and Houston, their season's done. Oh, and four. Yeah, that, that's a There's tough, no, tough hole to crawl out that, of. Exactly. So, like you said, they've got Jacksonville after that. That's a winnable game. At Tennessee, I think they win at least one of the games against the Titans this year. Green Bay, I, I'm i not picking them against Aaron Rodgers. And then they've got Jacksonville again and then at Cleveland. Yeah, those are winnable games mm-hmm. for them. So, you know, if they can, if they win Sunday, if they win against Jacksonville, then they're sitting at two and three going into – the game at Tennessee, which I think that they should be able to win because you know how I feel about the Titans. So they could definitely win three of their next four and then be sitting at four and four through eight games. And I think that would be a solid place for them to be. But if they lose this weekend, I think their season's done. Okay. All right. I got one more for you. All right. I was going to go – I'm going to change it up a little bit here. I was going to go Vikings, but we already talked about the Vikings. So I, I want to okay. show some love to, for other teams because on this podcast, we like to talk about all the teams. So I'm going to ask you about the Chargers. Uh, I want to know the panic meter on the Los Angeles Chargers because now they got the young, suave, long-haired beauty of Justin Herbert in there at quarterback. Um, But they're one and two, going to Tampa Bay this week. That could be one and three. Uh, What's your what's your panic meter for the Chargers? It's going to be one and three, but at the same time, I'd say panic meter for the Los Angeles Chargers five. Right I'd say middle. five. Okay. Yeah. So for them, I mean, coming into the year, they're already without Derwin James once again. You know, first of all, you got to feel for Derwin James, one of the best yep. talents in this league, missing another significant amount of time. I think he's he's done for the year, isn't he? I believe so. Yeah. Last year he and, missed the entire year too. I think 
He missed up to, I think, week 15 or 16 last year. He only played in, I think, a handful of games yeah, before yeah. he came okay. back. So, yeah, um, you feel for that. And then um, I just think that for them, Justin Herbert's the better option than Tyrod Taylor was. Mm-hmm. And obviously it was a horrible way that Tyrod you know, lost the job and everything, and that's not his fault by any means. But, you know, they still got a very good defense with Bosa and Linval Joseph and Melvin Ingram. Secondary still pretty good. Um, I believe Chris Harris – was it Chris Harris that just got hurt or is it Casey Hayward? I, I know it was one of those two that just got hurt. So they, I want to say Casey Hayward. We should probably study up on this, but I, I yes. can't <laughs> Okay, so, yeah, pull up their, their uh, injury report while um, I go on my little spiel. But we look at the re- next two weeks at Tampa Bay – at New Orleans, both of those could very well be losses. But the way that the Saints are playing right now, that could very well be a win. So, yeah, the rest of their schedule after that, so let's say they split those there, what, two and three at this point. They play the Jets, which if they don't win that, they should probably start to panic. <laughs> so, three and three there. They play at Miami, depending on the two situation, if he's in yet, they could be three and four, four and three. Even if two is in there, I think their defense will give him fit. So, there's four and three possibly. Jaguars should be five and three. Vegas, that's a toss-up. Then at Denver, who the Drew Locke situation is really catching up to them right now with their quarterback. But elsewhere with them, they're getting hurt everywhere. So this is still a team that can win almost every week and be competitive at least. They're not going to get embarrassed. But they're still a team that can be in contention for a wild-card spot up until the very end and still maybe, you know, salvage between seven and nine wins on the year. They have uh, have ten guys on their injury report, which – seems like the norm for all the teams. Yeah. It seems like every every team has at least eight to ten guys on the injury report. Um, some of the notable names, Joey Bosa, he was a full participant at practice on Friday. He'll be good to go. Uh, Brian Belaga, their uh, tackle, is out for Sunday. Uh, let's see, who else? Tyrod Taylor's out, obviously. Tri- Mike Turner. Williams will also be out. Mike Williams is out. So those are some bigger names that are that are going to be out. Um, but no, uh, no Casey Hayward, no um, – Who's the other guy we were talking about? Chris uh, Harris. I thought Chris that Harris, one of them yeah. had gotten hurt. Two of the them are on the injury report, so they're, they're safe there. They're, yeah, their offensive line, though, my goodness. Trey Turner, Brian Balaga, and Storm Norton are all injured mm-hmm. right now. So that could – and going up against a, a Tampa Bay defense that enjoys bringing the heat. So Absolutely. That, but even then, I don't think that the Chargers really had Super Bowl aspirations for this year, though. Mm-hmm. I think that they were trying to be a team that's – not rebuilding, but retooling and still being competitive. I think they're still going to be that, like I said, a seven and nine win team at max, possibly a wild card team with the seventh seed that could sneak in uh, in week 17. So I think that they'll be okay. You know, obviously the injury bugs hit everybody in a different way. Um, but I think they'll be okay. I think they'll still be competitive every week. They won't be horrible. They won't get blown out all the time. So I think that they're a solid five right now simply because of the injuries and they play in a division where they have to face Patrick Mahomes twice. Yeah. That's, that's no easy feat for any team. All right. So your final team, the New Orleans Saints. They've, uh, they've come out of the gates stumbling a little bit. They get that week one win. And since then, you know, we thought maybe no Devontae Adams for Green Bay would slow down the Packers, but it did not. And they went into New Orleans and sent the Saints to one and two. So what are you feeling or how are you feeling about the New Orleans Saints? I'm giving them a two. Do not. A two. Do not panic. It's Drew Brees. You are, you are, you are in good hands. Um, Michael Thomas is out this week. He is out this week. But, you know, it was a really good week one. They beat a very good team in Tampa Bay. Yes, they were a brand-new team. They didn't really – they never played together before. But, you know, they put, they, they put up 34 points against Tampa Bay. They held them to only 23. Then they come out week two against the Vegas Raiders, and it just kind of – it just got away from them. I mean, they, they lose 24-34. Uh, Vegas had the game of their life. And then they, they play Green Bay. And I think Green Bay is one of the best teams in football right now, top three teams. So, you know, that, that's a loss to a really good team. That's a loss to a, a you know, a middle-of-the-pack team. That's going to happen to every team. You're going to lose to the, the games that you shouldn't. But you have Drew Brees. You have Drew Brees. You have a very good defense. I still believe in their defense. Uh, you have Alvin Kamara. I really thought Emmanuel Sanders was going to come in and have a great year here with the Saints, but that is not the case. Uh, maybe once Michael Thomas comes back, 
and you know Sanders is is being covered by the CV2s it might be different but I just you I can't panic when it's Drew Brees uh now if they do lose to the Detroit Lions this week then I think that number shoots up a lot and then you should panic but no I, I see the Saints winning this week I see them you know going on because after the after the Detroit they have the Chargers then they have their bye week so that's good you can get some guys back from the injury then they go to Carolina they got Chicago uh, and then Tampa Bay again. So those are some winnable games, you know, get the, get the confidence going before you go back to Tampa Bay and then San Francisco. I am a little bit more panicked than that. Okay. I'll, give me your take. We, we, we haven't done this yet, but I want to hear your side of the story here. I just think that Drew Brees has shown that he is, I don't want to say washed, but for lack he's of a better, he's, he's not the Drew Brees of old. That I will give you that. But he, he doesn't throw more than 10 yards down the field, which is a problem in today's NFL. Michael Thomas isn't there, which obviously hurts. But even even then, though, this is a very – it's Alvin Kamara or a bust right now for the Saints. Mm-hmm. And even when Alvin Kamara goes off, they still can't seem to stop Aaron Rodgers. We'll see how they do this week against a dynamic Lions passing game who has Marvin Jones, Kenny Galladay finally healthy, TJ Hawkinson, a lot of really good players on that offense. We'll see. Now, obviously, Detroit's defense is – they've been all over the place this year so far. So, we'll see if – if, if New Orleans can can do anything against them. But with no Michael Thomas, I mean, it's going to be a lot easier of a job for Jeff Okuda to cover Emmanuel Sanders than right. Michael Thomas. So I think it's going to be close this week. I wouldn't be surprised if Detroit wins. Um, but if they're sitting at one and three, then... Then I guess you can panic. If you lose to the Lions, then you can panic. But I don't know. I I, I find it hard to bet against Drew Brees and, uh, and that Saints offense. I think... I think maybe you just have a lot more confidence in Drew Brees than I do. I think I just have a crush on Drew Brees. Is that okay? I mean, that's that's he's okay, great, I guess. He's a great NFL quarterback, one of the greatest to ever do it, so sorry. I, I suppose so, yeah. <laughs> but I don't know. I guess I'm just on the train of you got to throw the ball downfield at some point to win, which he just doesn't do anymore. But he, and... He's been doing that for five, ten years now, it seems like. And they, they still – I mean, they haven't won the big one, but – they still constantly win double-digit seasons. They, they make it to the playoffs. They just get, you know, just the worst way to lose. In yes, the but the amount of times that he's also gone 7-9 and nine in how many seasons because okay. they just – I'm not trying to call out Drew Brees, but I think at this point and in the past couple of years, he's just been very overrated in terms of his contributions to what they do. And really, I think it's more Alvin Kamara on that offense than the passing game. And the numbers show that. I mean, he, had, well, he didn't throw – they he threw for and obviously he missed a few games with injury but even when he was gone that wasn't a passing team with Teddy Bridgewater that was winning 12-10 games with good defensive play in a run game so uh and I get it you know it's true reason you know until proven otherwise then they're still going to be a threat but right now he just doesn't look nearly as good as we thought that he would well maybe if uh if they continue to struggle we see uh Jameis Winston redemption season he goes on the revenge tour I'm going to take a hard bet that that doesn't happen this year. Can you imagine if they benched Drew Brees for Jameis Winston? I'm going to Man. bet that doesn't happen unless Drew gets hurt. Can we talk about how much of a thief Taysom Hill is for stealing $11 million <laughs> from them this year? I was, I was talking to my roommates about this because they're like, oh, Taysom Hill is awesome. No, he's not. He is not. <laughs> he is not. He's he is not. A, he is a waste of a roster. I'm, I'm sorry, Taysom. I know you're not listening to this, but you, you are a waste <laughs> of a roster spot. They're paying you, what is it, $11 million? $11 million this year, and I think it's $20 million over two years. He's getting paid more than any running back not named Christian that, McCaffrey. Or that Derek is Henry. ridiculous. He comes in, he comes in every, you know, he, 10 snaps. He gets snaps. seven yeah. touches a game. He, he comes in, he runs for five yards. People are like, oh, my God, look at this guy. He goes out, he catches a, you know, a little floater pass five yards downfield, and people say, Oh, my God, this guy's a number one wide receiver. Oh, my God, this guy can throw the ball, too. Who is this guy? Let's pay him $11 million. You know why they do that? Because it's a white guy doing a lot of things. It it (laughs) makes no sense to me why you would pay a guy like that who does not have a set position, who has really no spot to slot in on that offense. You would just pay him that amount of money. And then there was all the rumors of them possibly getting rid of Alvin Kamara because they didn't have enough money. Only frat boys and guys who say they would have gone pros if it wasn't for their knee like Taysom Hill. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm definitely not on the Taysom Hill hype train, and I think it's hilarious that the Saints messed up this much and gave him that much money for six touches, maybe, a game. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, 
we can make fun of the Saints for that because Taysom Hill is not worth that. <laughs> uh, that's hilarious. Hilarious. Our, uh, so, yeah, there's our little panic meter game. What else do we have to do, partner? I mean, we've got – I mean, I guess we, could, we should probably talk about this. Um, our first COVID case in the Oh, NFL yeah, that. Year. Yeah, that. Um, so, your Steelers will not be playing on Sunday. They were scheduled to play the Tennessee Titans. Uh, they have, what, I believe eight? confirmed cases on that team seven i think it was seven? I think okay seven, seven seven confirmed cases on that team uh thankfully none for minnesota who they played last week but thank god uh, titans are are dealing with it for the first time this year and it'll be interesting to see how the league reacts you know i what you would know better than me i know they got postponed but give me the rundown for what it was. all right no. so what happens now is the game will be made up week seven and this, this does a lot of things, and I already tweeted about it, and I get that because I'm a Steelers fan, I'm going to be more upset about this than most. But instead now with Pittsburgh having a bye in the middle of the season, they're going to be taking it now, which really they already practiced all week. So really it's not really a bye minus the game, really. Right. So now week seven, Pittsburgh will be traveling to Tennessee to make up the game. But now Pittsburgh has three consecutive road games from week seven to week nine. They'll be playing Tennessee week seven, going to Baltimore week eight, which was the game originally scheduled for week seven. So Baltimore will take their bye week week seven and be fresh off a bye to play Pittsburgh, who just came off a game against the Titans. And they will be traveling to Baltimore to play week eight. And then Pittsburgh travels to Dallas to play week nine. So that's a brutal three-game stretch for the Steelers now. And it all seems to be – Punishing seems like not the right word, but it seems that they're being punished for what the Titans just. Yeah, the Titans. The Titans are the only team who's had these problems. Right. And but the, here, here's my counter to that: is you know, I I can understand, you know, you say, oh, it's it's their fault. You know, they they should have been smarter with it. Give them forfeit them the loss, and you know, I don't want to forfeit. No. I didn't want to forfeit. I and we talked to Matt Verderam about this. He said yeah. if it's that if it's that many, you call a few guys up, you play the game. Yeah, right. So that, that's also the there. thing is too. You have to players have to have two negative or two negative K, uh, tests from from for the Corona test, and they have to test negative twice before they can play mm-hmm. on Sunday or Monday, whatever the game is. So that's going to be tough to get you know by Sunday because what did we we found out about this on what Tuesday. I think it was Tuesday, yeah, after – yeah, it was definitely Tuesday. So, and then, so it's going to be tough if you were going to just, you know, risk it and squeeze it in because then if you risk it, you hurry it up, then something gets missed, somebody on the Steelers gets it, then more teams got to get shut down. Exactly. So I think, you know, I think they did the right move. I understand where you're coming from. I understand where the Steelers are coming from where, you know, they kind of get screwed out of, out of a bye week and it's getting pushed up. and But – you know, this is this is 2020, baby. We we gotta yeah. we gotta roll with it and just kind of hope that nothing else goes wrong. And after you know being angry about it for a few hours, mm. <laughs> I I kind of thought, okay, what happens if they do play? What happens if somebody on the Steelers gets exactly. it? And yeah. then we have a a whole other problem. Yep. So it's a smart move moving it for a few weeks. But another problem that arises right now is what if they can't play the Bills on Sunday, next yeah, Sunday? Exactly. Because then what are we going to do? Because that means that we'd have to – if they don't want games to get canceled, that means that we're going to have an impromptu week 18. Well, where they did say before the season started when they, when they were making all the rules and everything, they scheduled it so that the Super Bowl can be moved around. They scheduled it okay. so that Super Bowl can be, you know, uh, flexible. They can change the dates on that in case they need to, you know, tag a game on at the end of the year, even if it's just one game. But uh, so, you know, they plan for this, but I really, really hope that they don't have to mess with that. I do too. Um, And obviously that would be the best case scenario. One way or the other, we're having a Super Bowl. I think that's pretty much all but confirmed. Mm -hmm. And the fact that this is the only case that's come out within the first month, I think is incredibly promising. Yeah. Yeah. for For the entire league. So. No, like I said, after being angry that I won't get to watch my Steelers this weekend, you know, it's the smart move to move it back. But I think the NFL really has to crack down maybe even a little bit more. You know, 
I think they're going to do that with more testing. I think they said that they're going to go back to, you know, more daily tests and whatnot yeah. and stronger, you know, sanitation rules and trying to just make things as safe as possible for everybody. But yeah. I think, uh, you know, this is the first time we're, we're going to see how the NFL reacts. We're going to see how the players react and it's going to be a learning experience. I hope, I hope, I hope that it, it goes well and everything kind of goes smooth in week five. We're, we're back on track. Uh, that, that would be the dream. That would be the dream, but well, um, now, now you can just uh, you can watch my bills on Sunday. Uh, well, actually, the bills are at four o'clock, so you can have, you can watch something else one o'clock, but watch the bills. I'm gonna at I'm gonna be watching Cincinnati Jacksonville at one o'clock. That's, right, fair, that's for fair. sure. And then on my other TV, I'll either have Cleveland Dallas on or what other game could be on at that time? Arizona Carolina. I bet on that game, yeah. so maybe I'll watch that game. Um, so yeah, we'll we'll see. But uh, we do have picks to make as well. And yeah, we do. I almost forgot. Yeah, so um, what, how did you do last week? Because I know I didn't do great. Um, go ahead with yours. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to pull mine up real quick here. All right, so last week for me, um, I stuck with my guns and I picked the Lions to beat the Cardinals, and I was right. But I also picked the Vikings to beat the, the Titans, and they blew a fourth quarter lead. <laughs> and then I picked the Falcons like an idiot. And they let me down per usual as they also blew a fourth quarter lead that to the Chicago it. Bears led by Jesus's favorite quarterback, Nick Foles. Yes. So I went one and two last week, which moves me to, I believe, what were we? We were each. We were each four and two. Four and two. So now I am five and four. I am. Uh, I'm right with you. We, we're still head to head. Three weeks in, we're, we're both going uh toe to toe uh i finished one and two as well i picked uh new england to get the win over vegas hit on that got it picked atlanta to beat chicago thank you very much nick Foles. i appreciate that one uh atlanta blew another lead and then i i thought i had you know an easy pick here chargers over carolina Carolina comes out of nowhere, beats the Chargers. I go. Here's the thing: if Austin Eckler, okay, this wasn't on Austin Eckler. Keenan Allen should have made a better lateral. If he catches the lateral, it's a touchdown, and they win in that last play. And I was quite angry at that because calling out, first, calling out a friend of the show. I'm going to tell. No, him. no, 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 no. I caught out Keenan Allen. That was a horrible, t- that was oh, a horrible thought, pitch. Horrible pitch Austin by Keenan Allen. Okay. Oh, I did it first, and then I corrected myself because he was the one who it was intended <laughs> for. But it was a horrible throw by Keenan Allen would never call out friend of the show, Austin Eckler. But if, <laughs> if it's a better pitch and Eckler catches it, he walks into the end zone. The Chargers win on a last second gadget play. Justin Herbert's praised in Los Angeles forever. Mm-hmm. So All right. well, we're, obviously we're, that didn't happen. No worries because we're, we're still tied here. Nobody's taking the lead yet. So uh, I'll let you make your first three for week four. All right. My first pick will be the Cincinnati Bengals to beat the Jacksonville Jaguars. We've talked about it already. Joe Burrow is going to get a win eventually. And if it doesn't come now, then when? He's played phenomenal through these first three weeks. He very well could be 3-0 and right now. He's Good. lost by – all three games have been decided by a total of eight points so far. Mm-hmm. He's played – he's done all he can to win games. He's been let down by a poor offensive line play, poor defensive play. Um, Carson Wentz ran into the end zone with, what, seven seconds left last week? Uh, descended into overtime so um today sunday's gonna be the day joe burrow gets his first nfl win the cincinnati Bengals beat the jacksonville jaguars kurt what is your first pick um i think you can guess my first one uh my buffalo bills are just gonna put a beat down on the las vegas raiders uh the bills are such a better team overall you know las vegas is, is coached well I, I like Derek Carr. He's not going to, you know, win MVP anytime soon. But they have a lot of injuries, too. They have, I think, 12 guys on their injury report. and They're missing they'll... a lot of targets on that offense. Right. And so they they got a lot of injuries this week. And I think it's just, you know, Bills are riding high 3-0 and off a big win against the Rams. I, this is an easy pick. This is an easy pick. If you're betting this week, bet the Bills because I think they're going to win convincingly. I think this is going to be a closer game than you think, and I think your mm. fandom's going to interfere with your pick here. <laughs> mm, okay, okay. I think that the emotional toll of last week having to, you know, blowing that big lead and then having to come back, I think it might have, I think it might have a little bit of effect. I think I still pick okay. Buffalo. To, I All still right. think Buffalo is going to win. I just think it's going to be not a blowout the way All that right. uh, my my dear friend here is expecting. We'll, but we'll talk, we'll talk uh, Sunday around eight o'clock. That's fine. Yeah, that's fair. My next pick, I'm going to go with the Chiefs to smother the Patriots. Ooh. Um, 
oh my goodness, this is going to. So Patrick Mahomes is the greatest thing on the face of this planet with a football in his hand. We saw what they did to Baltimore. I think that we can agree that Baltimore is a better team than New England. Yes. I get that Lamar Jackson isn't the passer that Cam Newton is because I've said that for two years now that he's not. And look, he was right. <laughs> now, that said, you know, Cam had a great day against Seattle, but Seattle has the worst pass defense in football. He didn't have a great passing game against the Dolphins, although we ran the ball very well. But the Chiefs have shown if you try to run against us, we'll definitely be more than fine shutting that down. And then against Vegas, he looked good as well. But Vegas is still kind of a toss-up on if they're good or not. So this is New England's first test of the season, minus Seattle. Let's see if they can get a win against a big team. I don't think that Cam's going to be able to do it against this defense throwing to you and I at receiver. Um, and then defensively, who's going to keep up with Travis Kelsey? True. Because yeah. They don't have the linebacker to do that. I don't think they have the safety help to do that. I think Travis Kelsey's going to have a big game. I think that's going to open up things for Tyreek Hill, who's going to be covered by Stephon Gilmore. But we saw the Miko Hardman. If you let him loose, he's going to make big things happen. Clyde Edwards, E-Layer, as Steve mm -hmm. Levy likes to call him. So, no, I think Kansas City, they came in as seven-point favorites. That's dropped down to six and a half. I bet seven and six and a half. I'm pretty confident in this one. Okay. So, uh, I'm taking Kansas City pretty big over New England to move to 4-0. I just I have trouble betting against Bill Belichick, but I, I I see where you're coming from because then again it's it's hard to bet against Patrick Mahomes. So uh, exactly. All right. Well, I got I bet against Carolina last week and they screwed me. So I'm gonna do it again. Uh, I got <laughs> I got the Cardinals beating the Panthers because Cardinals had a tough loss last week. They went to Detroit. They lost to Detroit. Uh, Kyler Murray isn't being talked enough and uh, isn't being talked about enough. He's having a phenomenal year. DeAndre Hopkins there doing his thing. I think, you know, Carolina's defense has, has surprised a lot of people, but they're still without Christian McCaffrey. Um, and I, I just like the Cardinals a lot more. I like the Cardinals a lot this year overall. And uh, I think they get the win this week. I also agree, and I also bet on that game. So <laughs> you um, bet on all the games. I bet on five a week, and then I'll do two parlays. So okay. I give myself a budget of like thirty dollars to bet each week. Fair. I try to be I try to be responsible with it. So, um, you know, I talked about this game earlier, and you know, I'm gonna be ballsy with it. I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with it. I'm gonna take the Eagles to beat the 49ers on Sunday Night Football. Mm, so okay. they've got to get a win eventually. This is they not do. a horrible. This is not a horrible football team. They're just injured, not playing well. Carson Wentz hasn't looked good. I'm not denying that because he hasn't. Yep. Um, but they're starting Nick Mullins at quarterback. And I get that they beat the Giants last week. It's the Giants. <laughs> I'm not going to put too much stock into them beating up the Giants, who are a, G a JV team at best right now without Saquon Barkley and a horrid defense. So, you know, the 49ers still have a lot of guys on that injury report who are key factors in their offense and defense. So I think Philadelphia gets their first win. I think that this is where they try to turn the ship around. They get a win in San Francisco on Sunday night football. Sunday night football. All right. So those are your three picks. Uh, I am going against the Giants here and picking the Rams because I saw what the Rams did last week and I saw what they did in the first two weeks. And they are a very talented team. They have a lot of good players on that team. You know, Sean McVay is a genius head coach. And I think, you know, that division is so tight, but I think the Rams might be able to pull off a wild card spot. I think they're going to be really good this year. And the Giants just don't match up with them at all and, and no asset whatsoever. They, they can match up with the Rams. Uh, so I think, you know, Aaron Donald's just going to feast and Daniel Jones is going to end up on his behind a lot this week. His behind. Hmm. I, I like, I like the phrasing the of that. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. All right. So let's recap our three picks. I've got the Bengals. I've got the chiefs and I've got the Philadelphia Eagles. And then who wore yours? I got my Bills over the Raiders. I got Arizona over Carolina. I got the Rams over the Giants. All righty. So our three picks, we are each five and four now because mm -hmm. apparently we just enjoy being that close to each other in the standings. Absolutely. So let's wrap it up here as we head into a week four uh, Sunday of action. Kurt, where can they find you on Twitter? You guys can find me at Kurt, K-U-R-T, Hamaser, H-A-U-M-E-S-S-E-R-88. Um, and then find us at laces out PTST. Uh, we're hopefully going to have 
Uh, some pretty cool guests next week that we got lined up. They were maybe going to hop on this week, but couldn't get that done. They got a lot of busy schedules. So uh, hopefully next week we, get, we got some really cool guests coming on. But uh, where can they find you, pal? You can find me, Jay Bailey, NFL, for all your Steelers articles, your betting articles, your somewhat viral tweets about Sam Darnold. <laughs> um, so check me out there, Jay Bailey, NFL. Have a lot of fun throughout the NFL season. And like Kurt said, follow us, Laces Out PTST. To find all of our episodes, uh, our standings throughout the week as well. We'll keep those posted for you. Um, so that is our Twitter where you can find us and keep up with us all season long. Kurt, good luck to your Bills this weekend. Uh, good luck to your playing. Steelers. Hopefully they, uh, you know, they, they have a nice relaxing week. I hope that they do too. And I hope <laughs> that that means Deontay Johnson can get healthy from this concussion that he has right now and then get back for the Eagles the week after so we'll see how how that goes but your bills travel to las vegas this weekend so you'll get to see the pretty new stadium i can't wait i'm pumped for sunday everybody else uh hope you enjoy your sunday enjoy your monday night football sunday night football eat lots of food have lots of fun and uh we'll see you on tuesday when we have our recap show like i said maybe some cool guests that we have lined up so uh keep it locked with us on twitter we'll always do some updates on there and interact with anybody at any time of the day um that's all from me for Kurt Homister, I'm Jared Bailey. This is Laces Out. Enjoy your week four of NFL action. We will see you Tuesday. See ya. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.